0: Welcome to the Backports Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And fans, we have, I can't even say fun-filled show, man. We just got to go ahead and get down to the get down here uh, uh, between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the recap. And we we do have some uh, additional discussion points for um, the Julio Jones trade. We just need to get to this Brooklyn Nets and Milwaukee Bucks which happened on last evening and where the Brooklyn Nets won in game five off of an enormous and phenomenal performance by Kevin Durant uh, and where the Milwaukee Bucks, our Milwaukee Bucks, lost this game where they were up by 17 points in the first half. They ended up losing the game 114 to 108. And Danny, this game was just frustrating as hell to honestly watch, especially in the second half. In the first half, let me just say I was happy to see some form of an offense being ran. I saw a lot of pick and roll action uh, where Giannis is a screener and he would ultimately obviously roll to the basket, whatever the case may be. Uh, He did that multiple times, sometimes with Drew, sometimes with uh, Chris Milton. Uh, And it seemed to to honestly work. Uh, And then I saw phenomenal restraint by Giannis from shooting the three-point shot. There were a couple of times where he decided, no, I'm not going to pull up from three. Let me go ahead, run the offense, maybe have Bryn Forbes shoot the three and brand forest would make it maybe have uh, Middleton to shoot the three. Um, so I, I did see that restraint from Giannis in the first half. I saw Giannis back down, uh, some folks in the first half. I saw Giannis even shoot a 15 footer on the wing. And I'm like, where has this been the entire season? Giannis, a 15-footer from the wing. If you remember correctly, Danny, and I remember this, a few years ago, this is before Giannis became MVP, all that stuff. A few years ago, Giannis and other Milwaukee Bucks at the time actually had the opportunity to work out with Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett gave him, you know, some pointers counters, maybe some footwork, hints, tricks of the trade, whatever the case may be. I really would have thought to have seen more of that consistently from Giannis. What I saw yesterday in the first half, when when Giannis did the 15-footer off of the wing, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm talking about, Giannis. This is what you need to be doing more consistently, offensively. So if you have that and then maybe you can, you know, have a counter here or there and where now you can go to the basket because now the defender is kind of guessing, okay, is he going to shoot this 15-footer? And then you can go right by him. I saw Giannis in the first half do a floater middle of the lane. I'm like, okay, Giannis is starting to kind of showcase his game a little bit. I saw Giannis a few times with the hook. He pushed the shot a little bit more. He hit the back of the rim. But nonetheless, that was a different look offensively that Giannis was giving. So I'm like, this is awesome. Okay, I see where you're going, Giannis. The Bucs shot in the first half. They shot a lot of threes. They would make them. They were making them. Rick Lopez was making the shots. I'm like, okay. I see what, what you all are doing. You all are hot. The offense is moving. Uh, there was some foul trouble. I, I had a feeling that was going to happen. Uh, P.J. Tucker had a couple fouls early. Uh, I think in the first half, you, he had three. Uh, there were other players that had two uh, personal fouls in the first half. Giannis included Brooke. Uh, I think Middleton as well. Uh, Drew Holiday was in serious foul trouble. Uh, in that first half, uh, being aggressive, playing against James Harden, who actually came in, in, into the game and played 46 minutes. And we'll get into that later on here on one leg. We'll get into that later on here. But the Bucks' offense was flowing, Danny. Mm-hmm. But I was still skeptical because in the very first game of this series, in the first half, they bombarded the Brooklyn Nets down low. The game plan was, let's get it down low. Let's get some easy buckets. I didn't see a whole lot of easy buckets necessarily. Uh, Oh, I'll take that back. There were some easy buckets in the first half of last night's game. But I still was skeptical. Like, why why is Brook Lopez seven feet out, you know, seven foot this far out from the basket? Yeah, he's hitting threes. But this is not going to bode well later on down the road here. And, boy, was I right. That's the first half, Danny. Listen, I I have a whole lot more to go, but let me get your analysis, I guess, in the first half here.
1: Hey, Jason, I think they have momentum coming off game four. So once they went on that run in game four where they were down 11 and then they went on that big run in the second quarter, that carried forward into this game. They had that same energy, same flow. Brooklyn had nothing going. They couldn't hit a shot. They were out of sync. They were trying to incorporate Harden into the game. I thought the Bucks should have been up almost 30 points in that first half.
0: Heck, yeah. Hell, yeah, they should have been up, man.
1: So that's where
0: I thought they had to get it at, based on the
1: first half. I'm like, all right, they're flowing, but they should have stumped the Nets out in that first half and just took their confidence away and they didn't. And then the other thing I noticed was, and this was throughout the game once we get to the second half, but why aren't you taking advantage of James Harden? Come on, man. He couldn't even come on, man. He went out there on a Willis Reed type effort, man, because he shouldn't be out there. Not the way he was looking. And for him to, for him to go out there and, give it a go just to give them something
0: mm-hmm.
1: was courageous on itself, but that should have been an exploit all game long.
0: All game long.
1: And you saw it too when they went at him because he was playing off everybody. And when you went at him, he was just, he was like, all right, I'm just going to you know, concede the bucket. Right. So that was one of the main things I thought that could have contributed to that 30-point first half lead because Brooklyn just didn't have it, man. No. In that not first at all. half. They they were shook. And like I said, man, they just couldn't get anything flowing for them. They would get a bucket or two, and then the Bucs would just come back with a, a barrage. So that's where, and from the first half perspective, you you hit on a lot of it, but I thought the, other, the key thing was the lead wasn't big enough heading into the second half.
0: Yep, exactly. And let me add this to the first half. I remember in the first half, Yana scored like seven points straight. He even she shot a three and made it. He was he was feeling it, mm-hmm. and I believe Coach Bud took him out. And I'm like, wait a second, what what's going on? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, man. It, it just all together strange, man. Then in the second half, Danny, I don't know what the hell happened. I think the Bucs went ahead and panicked. They knew this off, offensive threat, one of the greats, one of the greatest scoring players in NBA history. He was on fire, man. And I was just trying to figure out what is the defensive strategy here. You could keep, keep PJ Tucker on him, but he was in foul trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the second half, they switched Middleton on them. Um, I don't know. It seemed they could have thrown some traps at them double teams. I think they were doing some high pick and roll action to, you know, defray the, the, uh, double team there. I don't know, man, you gotta do something. You have got to do something, man, because K Kevin Durant was on one and he was efficient. He was very efficient in his assassination. Bucks, didn't y'all watch some game film on Kevin Durant? I mean, we've seen this Kevin Durant before in the NBA Finals against LeBron. Mm -hmm. And where he just come down just, you know, score. And I I have to admit, man, every time KD shot the ball in the second half, I was like, man, that's going in. It just felt like, I was like, that's going in. The frustrating thing of it all, was the reaction by the Milwaukee Bucks? And I was like, where was this offense? James Harden was on Giannis down low in the post. And I immediately said, oh, you got to go, go at him. I immediately said that out loud. I was yelling not to scream. I was like, Giannis, you got to go, go at him. He's on one leg. You know what James Harden did? He called off the help. And what did Giannis do? A fadeaway. I'm like, man, what is going on? And I don't know if Giannis was just scared to get to the free throw line. And we'll get into that in a minute. Or whatever the case may be. But I'm like, man, come on, Giannis. You got to go at him. So second half was just a playing mess it was a train wreck for those who who felt that pj tucker was going to hold kevin durant for this entire series we all know that kevin durant is a slim reaper (laughs) easy money assassin we all know that and he's given those nicknames for a reason. He is a professional score. I told y'all this in our previous podcast. We actually highlighted what Yana said. And here's what he said. Uh, this is off of Twitter and this is off of uh, at Bucks uh, off of Twitter. And uh, feel free, fans, to uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, at back underscore porch. Uh, to uh, really uh, engage us, but here's wh- what Giannis has to say here. Uh, just because you said you're not gonna watch the game, you're watching Nets. Is it just like a text you get, like, "Oh, hey, the Nets won, we're playing the Nets," or is it like, "Oh, the Celtics." Did. I don't get texts.
2: I just I leave my I leave my phone in the in my ha- in my room, and uh, I turn uh, off the notifications. People that they didn't talk to me all year, they text me now, you know. So I leave my phone in my room. I go sit on the couch with my son. I don't watch the games. Do not pay attention in basketball. All I care is about how can I get better, how can I help my, my team. And sometimes, you know, uh, my girlfriend or my brother, like they tell me about, hey, you know what, they uh, watched the one last night. And then I was like, hey, 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 we're not talking about basketball in this house. This household, we don't talk about basketball. You know why? Because the way my brain operates, all I think about is basketball. So I don't need to talk more i'm gonna drive myself crazy right hopefully we can you know uh keep playing good basketball and keep playing for a for a long time for a month and a half a month and a half right month and a half so we can be the last team standing so if i keep talking about basketball every day for the next month and a half i'm gonna get tired of it right and i'm gonna want to escape it so i feel like i'm at my best when i go back to my house i watch my shows I focus on myself. I focus on my breathing. I focus on what I eat. And when I come here, that allows me to give hundred percent in what what I do and hundred percent in what I love. You know, so that's why I do that. So continue with your question, Dad. Player,
0: yes, you're a professional ball player, but Katie is is he just likes playing ball? He thinks about playing ball, twenty four seven. And it showed last night. I have so much more to say, but anything do you want to add for the second half here?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, Jason. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so the second half, a couple of things that I observed. One was, besides KD and obviously Jeff Green, got to give Jeff Green kudos. Mm-hmm. He had a hell of a game. He mm-hmm. doesn't hit those shots last night. The Nets don't win that game. Even though Kevin Durant played the way he did, he needed somebody else to help him mm-hmm. score. And that's what killed me because Joe Harris. I don't know what happened to Joe Harris in this. He's broke. Broke. He hasn't done anything. Bruce Brown last night. A significant role player for them. Broke. Nothing. So Harden. He this is his first game back. So with all that, why aren't you double teaming Kevin Durant? And they made it so he was getting, like I said, he was getting to his spots. And he always was going at when he was going to the basket, he was going at Brook Lopez. They made it where he was going towards Brook Lopez. Another person that was key in this game was Landry Shamut. He mm-hmm. had some big shots in this game big last shots. night for Brooklyn. Yep. Sure did. And if I'm Brooklyn, I may adjust his minutes with Joe Harris's minutes mm-hmm. because he's playing with more confidence. His shot was on. He's been quiet in the series, but he has that quiet confidence that Joe Harris, just does, the moment is too big for him right now. So he may settle down, but that's that. The second thing is, or another thing was, like I said, Harden was on one leg and you're stalling out on offense where they had a couple of times where they just had bad shots. They're just shots that they should have been, you would think they would make and they were making them in the first half. And they couldn't make them in the second half. They had multiple sequences down the stretch. That they could have taken an opportunity to take the lead, that they turned the ball over or took an ill-advised shot. There are just so many, so many factors involved here that they should, there's no way they should have lost this game, even with KD having a triple double and an all time performance last night. Yeah. The man. Bucks still should have won this game. And that's where, with the fadeaway you talked about with Giannis on Harden, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you just look at it and you're just wondering, man, mentally, and this was one of my key factors in predicting this series when we talked about this, free throw shooting and execution Mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I think they get this next game at home because they play well at home. Mm -hmm. And I still think they can beat them in Brooklyn. But you got to hit your free throws and you have to execute in the down the stretch. And the Nets don't have Kyrie Irving. So it's one of those things where Brooklyn needs another score next game. And I don't know if it'll be Jeff Green again. I don't know if it'll be Blake Griffin. But somebody else has to step up with KD in order for them to be competitive in this game. Because KD Mm -hmm. played all 48 minutes to so how how is he going to come out tomorrow night in that game is he gonna be fatigued or is he coming to, to close the series
0: dang listen to this stat line 49 17 and 10 49 Ooh. points 17 rebounds 10 assists three blocks excuse me two blocks three steals In forty-eight minutes of work, sixteen for twenty-three from the field, four for nine from three-point, thirteen for sixteen from the free-throw line. Mm -hmm. Blake Griffin had seventeen points. Jeff Green had twenty-seven points. Everybody else was was in single digits. So, man, this is just again frustrating as hell. Shamit, twenty-eight minutes nine points to your point about Joe Harris, 37 minutes, two for 11 from the field, one for seven from the three point line, five points. Um, I mean, this was just Giannis played 42 minutes, 34 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, a steal, two blocks, four turnovers. Milton, 25 points, four rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block. Three turnovers. Drew Holiday, who was in foul trouble uh, in the very first half, 19 points, three rebounds, eight assists, a steal. So I looked at this interesting stat. Drew Holiday has ended the game with three personal fouls. He had all those three personal fouls in the first half. So it seemed like the adjustment that Brooklyn Nets made was put the ball in KD's hands and let him bring the ball up more so. So that way it takes the aggressiveness out of um, Drew Holiday guarding uh, Harden. Mm -hmm. So I think that was an adjustment there. Uh, But Danny, this is just I'm just flabbergasted here, man. This is just. Uh, absolutely horrid, man. In points in the paint. The Milwaukee Bucks have 52 points in the paint compared to Brooklyn. That's 32 points in the paint. Pound the ball in the paint. Those were, was where your easy back buckets were. I, I think the Bucks has a, they have a mental letdown when they're faced with adversity within the game. And I think Giannis needs a coach that's going to coach him extremely hard. Mm -hmm. In the post-game conference, the media uh, presser, Giannis said, I will guard KD uh, if that's what, what the coach wants me to do. Giannis is the type of player, type of person in where he... Submits to the authority in this particular case, the coach, he has to be told, go guard KD. There's a lot of players who have said, so this is the defensive player of the year or former defensive player of the year and now first NBA all defensive team player. I think it's a little different, man. I mean, we got we to gotta hold back because not a whole lot of of those defensive players in the first team, throughout the course of the season, they don't guard the best player on the other side, on other team. So we got to hold off on giving Giannis some grief there, in my opinion. Giannis has to be coached harder. He has to be specifically told, go guard KD, go shut that down, and don't do no fadeaway. Go right at him. He's mm-hmm. got to be told that. Stop shooting the three, Giannis. Go ahead and do the mid-range jumper off of the wing, and we'll run some action for you. Mm-hmm. I think a coach has to be has to coach him hard and really put him in in the right spot. I don't think Coach Bud is really doing that. I don't think he's done that throughout the course of this year. Um, so I don't know, man. Uh, this is just absolutely frustrating i think the Bucks will win game six game seven is going to be pure grit and grind mm-hmm. and i think that is going to be a physical game i don't know who's going to win that game seven man uh i really i'm really starting to believe that You can't coach up a team in a matter of, I don't think you can coach up a team in a matter, especially down the end of a game. I don't think you can coach them up in a matter of three, four days. Not like this. I really, I really believe that. Um, And I think Coach Bud has failed. And, And Danny, you know, I have been, Coach Bud Saver, in a sense, especially uh, in this last year here, Coach Bud is gone, man. He's gone. Um, if the if the Bucks don't make it past this, even in the game seven, and I said this in a previous podcast episode, I said if this goes game seven and the Bucks lose, I think Coach Bud is safe. No, I can't say that any longer now. After watching, uh, forget games one and two. After watching last night's game, that game in particular has gotten Coach Bud fired, in my opinion.
1: With some of the news that happened today, this is a golden opportunity for Milwaukee to get their championship. I'll tell you that. With the news of Kawhi Leonard being possibly out for the playoffs Mm -hmm. uh, with the Clippers, Mm -hmm. the Suns when CP3 being put into – the health and safety protocol and looks a little banged up and they have a key game five tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. So sky's the limit. If you can get past Brooklyn, I'll tell you that. And a lot of things are happening where they could take advantage because they're healthy. A lot of these teams left in the playoffs or not. So this is their opportunity to lose at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. And Danny, this is what an all-time great has said about the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is Rachel Nichols uh, coming uh, from the jump here. Do you think that this Bucks team the way it is now? Do you think that this team is capable of winning a title?
2: No. I don't. I, you know, KD would
1: kill those guys, you right? <laughs> you no, know, I'm serious he, no, you, know, no, know you and are. He, he finds the open guy, he, you know, he, he he could do that by himself. He, they they got to do a better job, of, you know, the the whole team has to play differently so that KD one guy can't just dominate like that.
2: Well, they'll have one more one more shot at it and we'll see what they can do in game 6. Do you think
0: that And that is Kareem, an all-time great talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. In their chances, so one all-time great recognizes the game of another all-time great in Kevin Durant, and now Danny to Julio Jones being traded to the Tennessee Titans, and man, what a what a time for the Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titan fans, uh, and we'll see what happens, man. Uh, I think. This is going to be very interesting with the Titans having AJ Brown on one side and now uh, Julio on the other. And then you have Derrick Henry uh, in the backfield. So this is going to be very interesting to see what the Titans do, especially in the, in what I consider a weak AFC South. The only other team that would be able to compete would be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but man, This is a very interesting trade by the Atlanta Falcons, ultimately to the, with the uh, Tennessee Titans. What say you, Danny? So Jason,
1: my Falcons, this, they received the second round pick in 2022 and a fourth round pick in 2023. And the big part of this deal was the Titans taking on all of Julio's salary. And I'm curious on if they give Julio a new deal as a part of this they restructured Ryan Tannehill's contract to get them cap space to pay Julio that contract of 15.3 million that he's owed this year guaranteed Uh, and my Falcons the new regime they're kind of in a tough spot uh, honestly because they now that this has happened and now everything's been exposed that Julio wanted to trade uh, behind closed doors and Atlanta tried it, their best to keep it behind closed doors. With all that being said, this is where you would have thought they would have went quarterback then if this was truly the case to bring up a, Justin Fields would have been the person at that spot. But what they said, that he didn't grade well from their perspective. So that's why they went Kyle Pitts. Um, so this year is going to be tough and it's going to be one of those seasons again, where they're kind of meddling, where they're going to be decent, but their defense is still not there yet. It's going to be tough to see, very tough to see Julio in a Tennessee Titans jersey. I must admit, um, (laughs) with him, you know, being with Atlanta for 10 years, putting up the numbers he did, man. So here are some numbers. Mm-hmm. He played 135 games, 848 receptions, 12,896 yards, and 60 touchdowns. You know, Julio's had some, ham- some soft tissue injuries over the last mm-hmm. couple of years where some of the games he played, but he was more of a decoy versus him actually being the person. So now here's the opportunity for Ridley, Calvin Ridley, to step up to be that number one receiver and then – They're going to have to go with that two tight end set with Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage and Zacchaeus. They have to step up, man. So I think offensively, I think they'll still be decent. I still have Matt Ryan. It's all contingent upon the offensive line to give them time to throw the ball. But now I'm torn because it would be nice to have someone like Justin Fields. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in line waiting so they could get rid of Matt Ryan possibly next year. So all that being said, congratulations to Julio. Uh, he, he got his wish. He gets a new opportunity. He's with a team where he could possibly con- contend for a Super Bowl uh, Cause that ain't happening in Atlanta this year. <laughs> um, i be a realist. We're just in a tough spot right now. So, I gotta give the regime, new regime time to get the roster in order, all the caps, ca- cap issues they've had. They they can finally sign the rookie class. They couldn't even do that before this trade. So now they can start signing the rookie class and move forward that way and start putting their stamp on this team. But Tennessee, I'm gonna have to, it's gonna be it's gonna pay me to see them, but I have to go check them out down to, in Nashville and see what he, what he does, and they have a good setup, man. And if, if anything else, this helps Derrick Henry.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. you know they're going to pound the ball, but that takes another person out of the box on Derrick Henry. I'm very curious how they execute and how they play and what they do. Like you said, that division is, is weak. It, it may be an understatement. So they should definitely kick some butt and have maybe three, four losses this year, based on the paper team. Mm -hmm. You always know with the now 17 game schedule, you don't know how injuries are gonna play into this, low management, all these things we'll get into once the football season starts um, spiking up here. But we just wanted to hit on this because from my Falcon standpoint, this was a significant loss, not only from the player, but who he was and how he represented Atlanta and the Falcons organization from a personal level and how he kept his nose clean, how he did everything was on the positive and the up and up. So wish we could have got that Super Bowl back in 2016 for him, man, because he deserved it. He deserved it. So that's one for the books. So thank you, Julio. I hate to see you in that Titans uniform, but <laughs> wish you well, man. <laughs>
0: Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at talkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.